totally blindsided me that, you know, I would make music again. From KOSU, this is Songwriters and Tour Writers. I'm Matthew Variapa. On this episode is Keese IMC. Keese IMC is a Native American hip hop artist and member of the Pawnee and Seminole Nations. They're not an option, the reason why we keep a bop. Ever since I can remember, people always talking. But I learned to let it go and not allow it to control my energetic light and blight. He's been part of the hip hop scene in Oklahoma for many years and helped organize Culture Shock Camp, one of the early hip hop summits to help establish what Oklahoma and Native American hip hop could look like. His latest album, Land Back, Planets in the Moon, was written in the wake of the pandemic and protests. And for him, the album represents the unexpected return of music to his life and, quote, a way to bring the people together. Yeah, my name is uh, Keese IMC. Um, I'm an indigenous hip hop artist uh, from Oklahoma City, from a, a crew called Culture Shot Camp. Um, I'm Skeety and Chawi Pawnee and Nogazogi Bear Clan of the Seminole. Those are my two tribes. I'm also part Mexican. Um, I've been uh, MCing ever since I was seven, six, seven years old, and uh, still still doing it today and making music. What first spoke to you about like hip hop and rap? Um, I would say the first time that, that I uh, um, was really moved with hip hop was when I was watching Yo! TV raps and saw one of my first hip hop videos. It spoke to me. Um, and then from there, I uh, saw Public Enemy fight the power. I saw that video and that video you know, move through the the screen, and and I just I, I knew that I, I wanted to be a part of that, or I I felt it. I felt the spirit of it. I felt the spirit of them standing together. You know, the beat, the rhymes, the the you know Chuck D, Flavor Flav, the balance. Um, it moved me, and I knew that that you know there was something in that 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 I I was a part of. And I would say that was probably the first time that I, I actually um, felt that spirit of hip hop. The first rap that I did, I was in fourth grade, and it was during a dare uh, program that we had at school. So I got a bunch of my classmates together, created a little rap group called the Wiz Kid Crew, and I made a little poster board with that name on it, kind of like in graffiti style, and just started rapping during that program. That was the first time I rapped in front of my school, fourth grade, and um, that was it, man. Like I knew I wanted to be in front of the crowd, and knew I, I knew I, I understood it, and and to be able to articulate and rap um, was just what I loved. Were there a lot of Native American rappers like that you could see doing hip hop when you were growing up? No, when I was growing up, there was no Native hip hop artist. Um, I don't really think that when I was growing up that I even thought to even think that there would be a Native hip hop artist. You couldn't even like imagine yourself? 
Um, I mean, I knew I wanted it. I knew I wanted to be one, but I didn't look at it as like, oh, I'm going to be a, a native hip hop artist. I was just like, I just want to rap. You know, I want to I want to be a part of this culture. You know, the power that it originated from is something that I, I recognized. Um, I feel like I recognized it because, you know, our indigenous people come from that similar power of expression, um, word, song, dance, drum. Uh, it's, it's in us. It's in us to, to, to move, dance, entertain. So I just, you know, recognized it and, and I knew that um, I could do that. And I just started rapping. I started writing raps. I started memorizing other, other raps from artists um, and just trying to learn how to, to develop my flow, my cadence. And, and from there, it just never stopped. Did you instinctually just feel those comparisons between like hip hop and, you know, Native American culture that you kind of grew up experiencing? Yeah, I think, you know, what I felt through, you know, black culture back then was the movement, the, the struggle, um, them fighting for their rights and expressing themselves, the style, you know, like we, you know, I love the style and I just, I, I related to it. I would say now in hindsight, as in, in my older years now, I think it was because of our connection between red and black um, historically uh, through our uh, life here in this country um, in regards to uh, how this country was established and in, in, in oppressing red and black people. And so I think early on when I was young, it was just the music. It was, it was the vibe, the energy that I recognized. And I think that same spirit within that vibe and energy was the same spirit that was in our solidarity, you know, 150, 200 years ago. Yeah. I was going to ask, you know, what it means for you to be a native American in this predominantly kind of like, african-american art form um i think you know back back then there wasn't any native artists so anytime that we would rap about indigenous struggle you know people would be like yeah what are they talking about they didn't they didn't understand it so a lot of people would you know walk away from the show or be like yo that's whack and and that's understandable because it was different talking about indigenous struggle talking about um, who we are as indigenous people and translating that information through hip hop, which people were so accustomed to seeing it being, um, you know, the black culture or, you know, white dudes coming in rapping, Mexican dudes. There wasn't really a place for Native Americans. Um, and so, you know, back in the 90s, mid 90s to the late 90s, we wanted to create that genre, Native hip hop. And so we are a part of that movement of native hip hop. Um, one of the one of the crews that established native hip hop as a genre. Um, but early on, it wasn't it wasn't embraced. It wasn't pushed. There wasn't an outlet. And so we had to create those outlets. We had to create those opportunities ourselves. I got a message for my people like a forecast. That road to freedom is a warpath. Many, many times that the
you know, with Culture Shot Camp, with our, our hip hop event that we did, um, we did it to create our own opportunity. We did it to create our own platform, our own stage, but we opened it to, to everybody, you know? The, the only thing that was designated for hip hop artists, native hip hop artists was the uh, concert, you know, to show the people that there are native artists out there. So that's why we did that, you know? And a lot of times you have to create your own platform uh, to express yourself to, to, so that people can see that there is something coming. Cause for us, we knew that, yo, this is, this is what's coming. We're bringing native hip hop to the people. We're going to show them that there is native hip hop. And that was the whole idea. And so that's why we created it. Culture shock. Number one, we come from a culture. We're shocking the people and culture shock together. They're not going to be used to it, but they're going to see it long enough that they're going to realize, yo, this is, this is dope because we had a message and hip hop was created from a message, a message of struggle, um, movement and so we had that same message and we knew that we were onto something and that's why we stuck with it and that's why today native hip-hop is a genre you know back then it wasn't back then people even natives would be like oh let's just let's just call it hip-hop why do we have to call it native hip-hop because we're native you know and this is where we're from this is our land we've been overlooked for so long we have a story it's native hip-hop to us and nowadays, a lot of those people embrace native hip hop, indigenous hip hop now. But back then, you know, it wasn't cool, even to the natives. But now everybody, you know, you know, wants to embrace that, that, that name, that title, because it's been around for so long and it has a deep history and we are a part of that history. Let's go ahead and move on to like, you know, this latest album, uh, Land Back, Planets in the Moon. Uh, what's kind of like the story behind this album? What were you trying to like, you know, put out into the world? Well, um, I, I haven't made music in five years. Um, I put away music and I thought, you know, maybe I would make music a few years ago, but then when I realized, you know what, I think that's it. You know, I think I'm done. You know, and I, I told my dad at the time, you know, rest in peace. He would always know that I was kind of down, you know, all these years, you know, because I wasn't creating. And he would say, you know, son, you ever thought about making music again? And I was like, nah, dad. You know, I think I'm done. And I think I'm done, Dad. He goes, well, you know, music always made you happy. So, you know, maybe one day you'll make music again. So as years went by, I just finally made peace. And I, find, I made peace with it. And I'm like, you know what? I think that's it. I think Death Over 30, which was one of my last albums in 2015, before Standing Rock, I thought that was it. And I was like, that's cool. You know, if you got my project, you got it. You know, if you didn't embrace it, so be it. You Maybe you'll find it in 20 years from now and it'll speak to you and you'll understand that there was a message in there that was for the people. You know, it's been five years and, and during the pandemic and, you know, after losing my father, the, the ancestors and the spirits, you know, and, you know, my, my dad, you know, started speaking to me from the spirit world and I started to understand and listen. And, and the one thing that I always said over all these years, I said, if music is going to come back to me, or if I'm gonna make music, it has to come back to me. It's gonna have to find me because I'm standing right here. And if it finds me and I feel it in my spirit, in my heart, then I'll know. And then maybe I'll, I'll, I'll move back into it. I'll move back into that direction to creating. But I never anticipated it coming back because it's been so long, but then 2020, 
you know, the beginning of 2020, man, it came back, it came back strong, totally blindsided me that, you know, I would make music again, but it all happened organically. And when it happened, I knew it and I felt it. And I felt this excitement, this joy, like a friend came back to my, into my life. It was like love. It was like butterflies. It was, it was everything that I've always missed. And I just created music. I learned how to use this new music program that I've always wanted to learn. Nobody would ever teach me. And I finally had a friend teach me and literally just showed me in 45 minutes how to make a beat. Uh. Yeah. And then I spent the next month and a half plugging away. So in a month and a half, I made 40, little over 40 beats. I just couldn't stop. And I would say by the sixth beat, I got it. When that sixth beat came to me, a light bulb went on and I said, I got it. And then it was over. Myself real prominent. I felt something changing. I felt something different. It's been a long time since I felt optimistic. At this point, yo, the change is amazing. I love how I feel and I love how I'm changing. I made it through the storm. I cannot see through. When I finally found myself, I finally found you. Uh -huh. Hey girl. Yeah. Hey girl. Uh -huh. So I made all the beats for my album that first month. And then after I made all those beats, um, all the movements popped off all around the country uh, with George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor. So I shift focus and then I went into social justice, organizing, activist mode and, and you know, spent four or five months, you know, being a part of movements and things like that. And then I came back, I circled back to music around uh, October. So it took me about two months, two months to make the album. Um, recorded it out in Los Angeles with one of my bros, um, Alex, Alex Williams, who's a really well-known producer and engineer out of uh, um, the Village, Village Studios in LA. And I wanted to release the album in the year of 2020 to be a part of everything that encompassed that year. I wanted to be within the energy of 2020. That's why I dropped uh, my first single, I'm Fine Right Where I Am, on the 14th on a star alignment and then on the 21st on the planetary alignment. So I wanted it to be uh, significant to the stars and the, and the alignments. And that's why I named it Land Back, number one, because Land Back represents everything that's coming back to us as indigenous people that was stolen. Planets represent star people, our, re our relationship to our cosmic ancestors and beings uh, within our indigenous ways and creation stories and the moon. Uh, in our creation story, us as men, uh, we uh, we come from the, the sun and the moon. I wanted to acknowledge the power of the mother moon for that balance between uh, women and men uh, to bring back the village. Uh, so that's pretty much, you know, the, the concept behind the album. You're listening to Land Back by Keese IMC. Coming up next, we dig into songs inspired by protesting at Standing Rock and watching a friend's funeral during the pandemic. That and more right after this break. This is for my people who've been marginalized. Yeah. 
KOSU has a podcast to bring you news on what's happening in the state of Oklahoma. The KOSU Daily includes local headlines. State Impact reporters will bring us the latest on education, health care, and criminal justice. And we have news focusing on agriculture and rural issues, as well as indigenous affairs. You can subscribe on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. The KOSU Daily, Oklahoma News, every weekday. What was your your kind of upbringing like? Um, were you learning a lot about your own culture growing up and your history? Yeah, I mean, growing up, you know, you're in a native household, you know, I had a big family. So I had opportunities to see a lot of things, um, experience a lot of our culture, and dances and ceremonies. Um, so it's just always been a part of my life, um, who I am back in the day you know, people made fun of us for being native. Uh, to make fun of natives wasn't considered racist, really. And in a lot of places, it's still not considered racist or demeaning or dehumanizing to make fun of indigenous culture. So, you know, that's still an ongoing struggle that's really unfortunate and annoying. But, you know, to grow up around, you know, indigenous way of life and being proud of that and loving it, embracing it, embodying it, like we have a connection and it's beautiful. I carry it with me every day and teach it to, to all those around me, my nieces, nephews, children, and it's beautiful. I think that it's important to know that we are in a time where everything is going back to the indigenous way of life. And that's what a lot of people don't understand, but it's, it's coming and it's real as we move into this new age. So um, yeah, that's what this album is, you know, land back, planets in the moon it's about connection to everything but from within you know who are you how long will it take you to make that journey from your mind to your spirit it's a long journey not a lot of people can make it but it takes time and we're told that in time is a sacred journey how do you make that journey do you make it in love compassion forgiveness or do you carry it and make it in hate anger bitterness and that's the balance so I choose to be the balance of spirituality and movement and healing for our people to bring the village back, to bring all back that was stolen from us because it will return and we're seeing it today. And to me, that's what Land Back, Planets in the Moon is. It's exactly that. What are some songs that really like took an event or like a uh, feeling you had during this last year and you kind of just like put it into song? And I'm fine right where I am, I say.
So what that's saying is, is where I'm at in my life, this is, you know, in regards to the song, I'm fine right where I am. I may be alone, I may be by myself, and the people may be behind me, but I'm gonna take the lead for the future so that the people can have a future. So I'm gonna charge the line alone. I'm gonna charge that line maybe of chaos, destruction, oppression, police brutality, uh, the system. I'm gonna charge this line alone, but I know I'm not gonna make it. I know that this is my time, but I'm going home. You and I with our one sign that said BLM and I can't breathe as you screamed out, we can't see. Rubber bullets and getting tear gas. How long will these tears last? Even though hundreds of years pass, gets genocidal real fast. So what, what it's saying initially is that as I stand here dressed in my most beautiful regalia, I'm prepared to leave this world so that my people can live. And that's what that song is about. That one was dedicated to the movement, but I made that song while I was watching one of my bros funeral online because he passed away in 2020. So as I was watching his funeral online, the beat came to me and the idea came to me. And I knew that it was, it was, it was spiritually given. And, and the interesting thing about that is, is my bro, his Indian name was uh, fine charging, which means that he charges in a fine way. He charges dressed in his finest regalia because he knows he's leaving this world, going to the spirit world. But when he goes, he's going to look his finest. And so, you know, when I made that song watching uh, his funeral, um, I knew it was spiritually uh, given to me. And so that's why that song is real special to me. Uh, it's real, you know, kind of like electronic hip hop alternative Blink-182 style, but you know, I really like that one. But I mean, I, the whole album, I actually love the whole album. I think the whole album is dope. Yeah, like you said, a lot of these songs are kind of like uh, very alternative. Um, there's a lot of different mixes of, you know, different sounds and stuff. But, you know, that first track is a Pawnee Water is Life song. And that one is like a very traditional sounding song. Yeah, I wanted to do that song because that song is, is called the Pawnee Camp water is life prayer song and that song came to me when i was at standing rock and it was a part of standing rock it was a song that we sang all the time from our camp at standing rock so a lot of people learned it a lot of people know that song all over the country it's kind of like an anthem to the movement of standing rock but to anything in regards to movement i wanted to put that song on there as a gift to people to learn just like, you know, they'll memorize my lyrics on some of these other songs. You know, the Pawnee song, they can uh, they can learn that song and utilize it in, in their life, you know, if they need it. And they can learn it the, the correct way because they're hearing it 
all the time, you know, as opposed to them hearing it by trying to memorize it or, or remember it. And then they change it because they don't remember, remember it correctly. You know, this is an opportunity for them to have it in real time to where they can learn it the way that it came to me. Um, I wanted to put that song on there because it represents we're still here. Not only that, it represents solidarity because the words, you know, say Noah, Miniwachoni, Dogla Chickstow. Those are two languages in one. Noah is Pawnee, and that means like I'm acknowledging something, you know, that something's here or something is happening, or, or I'm saying hello to something, somebody. Miniwachoni is Lakota, and that means like the water, the water of life. Dada Chikstahu is Pawnee, and what that's saying is that's saying like I am, from my heart, I am thankful. So. Essentially, the song is, is is giving thanks to the water for what the water has has done for us, and we're thanking the water because the water is life. The water is powerful. We wouldn't be here if we didn't have water. The other part of the song represents solidarity between two tribes: the Pawnee and the Lakota, who were ancient enemies. I'm Pawnee, and our Lakota, you know, we fought for hundreds of years, and every now and then we had peace, but we fought a lot. There were a lot of battles, a lot of massacres that happened, a lot of hurt. So for us, Pawnee, to go up to Lakota country and Standing Rock and create a camp during the Standing Rock Water is Life movement represented us coming together and putting our differences aside and uniting upon one goal. And that was the sacred water with the water, what she was trying to do for us as a people to bring us back to the water, to bring us back to that connection. And so that's what that song represents, you know, people coming together for a common goal. That's why I put that song on there to remind the people, because sometimes we need remembrance. We need to remember who we are and why we're fighting. And when you understand that, you understand the spirit of why we are doing the things that we need to do to push forward for those yet to come. So is that kind of a uh, a recent mashup, you know, combining like the the Pawnee language with the Lakota uh, for this song? Yeah, that's never really been done, but I wanted to do it because I wanted it to be an ode to what was happening. You know, you had many tribes that never camped together or got along and battled it out all over the country. We're now camping together in one camp. And so that song represents us coming together. You know, and that's what this system never wanted. The system never wanted our people to, to unite, just like it doesn't want the people to unite in this country right now. But there is a way, and we understand that way. And that's what this album represents. This album is a way to bring the people together, if they can find it. Yeah. 
televised for no confusion Tired of these cops every day abusing So many going to life we losing It seems life in the streets is so hot The spirit of self is all we got Carrying that burden, yo, I know it's a lot But we got that power and we won't stop The world is shifted, the bell is lifted People will awake or people will miss it That's why you gotta catch yeah, it I knew it was kind of like a, uh, like, you could feel the presence of, like, you know, everything that had happened in 2020 through uh, what you were saying in, in your music. Like, uh, Pandemic Prosper, time-stamped uh, the album, for sure. Was the, the pandemic and all these movements really impactful on you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Not, not only were the pandemic movements, social justice movements, um, human right movements, impactful in 2020 for me but spiritually spiritually it was prophetic it was uh connected to visions that i've had that showed me that these were all things that were coming and whenever they were happening in real time the vision brought comfort to me to knowing that we're right on time we're right where we need to be and just keep pushing forward in, in spiritual gifts and spiritual movement. Because if you do, you'll bring a spiritual balance to the chaos that's happening. And, and that's what we believe as indigenous people is that we can operate spiritually to help the world because we're just passing through. You know, one thing with like the whole pandemic is a lot of elders um, passed on. And I know a lot of friends that lost their, uh, their folks, you know, this past year. Man, I, I, you know, I never seen so many people posting so much death. I got my coffee in the morning. Everywhere it seems it's pouring. So many raindrops, will the pain stop? All across the land, my friends are mourning. Who would have thought so many elders would go? So much knowledge been lost, and I know the pain is deep. You feel it in the street. Missing my dad, but now he watching over me. Every time I leave, he say, make a friend. I give a million bucks, hear him say it again. So now, Dad, I'm trying to fill them shoes. Take it all back, get these million views. Cause no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I feel like during this year, it was it was an opportunity for us to realize, you know, how, how important life is, you know, how how sacred life is. And so this song is basically about, you know, through the struggle, through the pain, um, you know, we seek inspiration. We seek a, a spiritual connection that will allow us to understand what's happening. But in order to understand what ha it's happening, we have to understand what we've come through, you know, personally, because in real time it's happening in your face. So you're having to heal what's happening in the moment and striving to heal what you've been through to realize that, man, like time's running out. There's not a lot of time. And this, this past year showed a lot of people that you, you don't have a lot of time. You never know. You know, Espogidis Omis Kitkiskos is what we say. This may be the last time we don't know. And I think this past year really showed a lot of people that with that time you have, embrace it, love it, you know, prosper in that time with, with your loved ones and, and so that you can carry that memory on. Because that memory is what will allow you to to find life again, find hope again. Maybe you will find me. You'll say, how long have you been beside me? When you looked at the moon the same time as me. Reciprocity, it's all time. Just waiting for the day when we will finally uh, cross paths. Off prayer and fast. In contrast to the plan that God has. Find the love beyond the hurt we got past. Living life in a message in all caps, no caps. Uh, 
living in the morning. We loving this morning. We want to live no more morning. Hard in the hatchet in the sun. I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, these videos that you did with the Lincoln Center where you put on some some different demonstrations and, you know, performed uh, both, you know, traditional music and also your, your rap music. What was important for you to share there and what did you hope people learned from those videos? Yeah, it was it was important for for me to show our humanity, you know, as indigenous people, you know, that we're humans, that we we're not period pieces, but we can take you into to places or, or structures or dwellings that take you back in time and, and communicate with you our narrative as indigenous people through song, um, to educate people that there are rights and wrongs in regards to how you communicate with us, a respect that we have for ourselves that we can have for everybody, for the world, that we want for for our us and our way of life and our way of being, because a lot of times our dances, our songs are dehumanized. They're mocked up as mascots, and so we want to show the people that we're real people, and and that's what I wanted to do to educate in regards to educate on song, how song sounds, the story behind song, and. And not only that, but that we are modern as well. Do you feel like there's any kind of gap that you, you're you facing um, when making like native hip hop and trying to associate, you know, the hip hop that you're doing with like modern native culture? No, not at all. I mean, I, I grew up around our culture, around the drum, around the ceremonies. So I have a deeper understanding of, of what it means to be natives. A lot of times, even natives don't grow up around their culture or the ceremonies or the songs or the dances. So if you have that uh, understanding and you have that spiritual connection to who we are as a people, our drums, ceremonies, then you understand that through that drum, there's vibrations, there's, there's spirit, uh, there's frequencies that you can tap into. And so if you put those frequencies, that vibration, that drum, that spirit into music, as an indigenous artist, everything that you make is gonna have that spirit. The spirit is universal. You know, that spirit, indigenous spirit of connection of all things, creations around us, star people, ancestors, the creations of earth, you can put that energy into your music and that's universal, that speaks to everybody. So I would, I would answer that question like that. Like whatever we do is gonna have that spirit and it's gonna, it's gonna feel different. It's gonna feel different because it's gonna move you spiritually as opposed to emotion. Everything 
that's happening is supposed to happen in variant By the way, the spirit we're carrying That energy from Pisces to Aquarian That pain we're burying Just look at self and go within And go back to Mother Earth Let's go back to the Earth again That was Keese IMC And his latest album is Land Back, Planets in the Moon Find out more about Keese IMC at KOSU.org There you can also find a list of the songs that were played in this episode Songwriters and Tour Writers is a production of KOSU in the service of Oklahoma State University. Our editor is Ryan McCroy, and our cover art was created by Terry Ferris. Thanks for listening. I'm Matthew Variapa.